It's really strange to walk up here when someone's clapping for the music that just finished and there's three claps. Um, <clears throat> good morning. Uh, realize that my clock got started when I wiped the place down. Um, we're in James, uh, and, and it's a tough book. It's great. Uh, we talked before about how some people don't like James because it doesn't feel like it's very grace-oriented, but in, in fact, James is all about grace, but he's also about the will of God over our own will. And uh, I will tell you that the passage today is one that preachers don't like, um, not because it's hard to what the word would be exegete, not because it's hard to find out the meaning behind it. It's because it's easy. And uh, a lot of people will divide this passage up and say that the first two verses are about preachers or teachers, and then it shifts gears, but that's just, it's just not the case. Uh, one through six, actually one through eight are all combined. So there's going to be a little something different for you today. Uh, you're going to think that I'm preaching about what I do for a living. What I'm doing is I'm preaching the passage in front of us, uh, and this passage talks about people that are proclaimers of the gospel. And uh, when we get past that part, I'm going to give you a chance to pray for those of us who do indeed proclaim the gospel. Uh, and then I'm going to turn it on you a little bit because you too are a proclaimer of the gospel. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer prayer and ask God to speak so it's not me. Uh, and if you see the order change of what I just told you we were going to do, it's because God answered that prayer. Let's pray together. Lord, you know that, yeah, you, you know what's going on inside of me today, um, heartburn for the last 24 hours, so I pray that you give me the grace to not have that be a distraction this morning, that it goes away at least until after the message. Lord, we're going to speak through um, what James is saying to us, what you are saying to us. So we simply ask this that you give us eyes to see what you want us to see, ears to hear what you want us to hear, and hearts to receive what you will us to receive. Lord, stand in my shoes, speak with my mouth, and give me your thoughts so that this message is your message for us, not my message for them. We pray this in the name of Jesus, through the power of the Spirit that lives within us, for the glory of God our Father. Amen. Now, it starts off like this. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in, in, in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some examples right here about um, mistakes. One's because I don't really have a story to kind of get you started with today. I'll tell you a story I told you to before, but with a correction. Um, either last week or the week before, I told you about my brothers and I getting in trouble when we were on our way to Cedar Point, that we were arguing in the back seat so much that my mom told, threatened to pull over, and then she pulled over, and a couple of us on the side of the car, kind of like we're, 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 we're being frisked, um, but we weren't being frisked. And there was a gentleman on a tractor in a cornfield that came up, and he yelled at my mom as she was disciplining us. And he said, give, I won't, I'll change the words, but give them heck, lady. Um, my memory is that uh, that was me and my brother, Fred, and that Fred was the one who told me to cry, not to laugh so that it would get done quicker. 
Um, well, I talked to my brother Troy last week, and he felt left out. So he corrected me. He was also on the side of the car um, being disciplined, and he was laughing, and it was because of him that my brother Fred told me to cry and not to laugh like Troy, or else it would get worse. So Troy, sorry for leaving you out. That was a mistake in the proclamation of the gospel. Uh, another thing that I've done before is uh, there's been a time that I stood up front in this church, in this sanctuary, at this pulpit, and I summarized the book of Jonah, the whole thing. And, I did, and it was very accurate. I did a good job on it. But I called him Job the whole time. And I did not know until I walked out that door and someone grabbed me in the hallway and told me, do you know that you just summarized Jonah but called him Job? And then the other mistakes that I've made that I know of is that three or four times I've stood up and preached an entire message with my fly down. One time didn't recognize it until I got in the other room and saw it on the screen. So no one's perfect. But what James is saying right here is that you would know how righteous you are by how you control your tongue. Notice that it says, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that, who, uh, that, that we who teach will be judged more strictly. That's the part that pastors don't like. We all stumble in many ways, and if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. And then he goes on to give examples of this. Uh, when we put bits into the mouths of horses, to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Uh, although they are so large and are being driven by strong winds, they are steered by a small rudder whenever the, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. James is being really gentle here. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now, James here is talking about false teachers in the church on one level, and then he's talking to individual Christians on another level. There are those of us that are called by God to proclaim his word to his people. And if you think about that, you have no wonder why I have heartburn this weekend. Um, it, it is a very audacious thing. It is a, quite a call. It is, um, well, it, when we ask you to pray for someone, that's a big call. We're asking you to stand in front of God on behalf of people. What preaching is, what teaching the gospel is, is to stand in front of people on behalf of God. And we better get it right. We better try our best, as far as it depends on us, to only speak what God wants his people to hear. And then we ought to pray like we've never prayed before, that, he, that when we make our mistakes, and we do, that, that people forget about it and that God convicts us. Because I do not want to be someone who... who, who who stands before God one day and he lists off all the ways I misled people. 
So I want to tell you, people of God, whether you're part of this church or you're joining us online, to test everything I say, everything Chris says, everything Kurt says, Doug, Nate, Greg, Andrew, anyone who proclaims the gospel or teaches the gospel to anyone, test us with, in, and from Scripture. There are going to be times when one pastor might say something in a message. I mean, I preached on this passage before years and years ago, and, and it was, it's different. It's a different message than it is today. It's not a different point. It's a different way of approaching. And there will be different people that God kind of reveals different things in different ways, but they will always be speaking to the consistency and the will of God throughout scripture. Test us. Measure everything we say against what's said in Scripture because James here is saying that people, that teachers are like tongues. Teachers are like rudders. Preachers, teachers, preachers, all that. We're like a spark that can set something on fire. And, and if we don't control what we say, if we're not asking God to speak with our mouths, if we're not indeed feeling the mantle, the weight of that, then we, like a rudder on a ship, can lead many astray. And so we bear a mutual responsibility. We, as proclaimers of the gospel, we bear the responsibility of doing, as far as it depends on us, in submission to God, in alignment with his will, to preach and tell you what God's will, desires, words, lessons are. And your job, your responsibility, is to take what you hear from any particular human being who's proclaiming the gospel and weigh it against scripture. The word weight and glory are the same word in the Greek, doxa. The glory of God, the weightiness of the word of God is important. It's how we know what's true. You will know what's true by testing what we say within, throughout, and from Scripture. So there are people all around the world right now that are proclaiming the Word of God. God's Word is to go out and is not going to return void. It will accomplish what He sends it to do. But His people need to be praying for those who are proclaiming the gospel. Because there are some of us, and I'm not going to get into it, but there are some of us who want to tell you what we want Scripture to say instead of what Scripture says. And according to James, that's not going to go well for them. So I'm going to ask you for a moment in your living rooms, in your car, on the phone, wherever you are. I'm just going to be quiet. For the rest of this message, we'll shift gears toward us, not toward us. I want to ask you to pray for the proclaimers of the gospel all around the world, that we feel the weight, that we know the word, and that we speak the truth. So would you take a moment, not just me, but to pray for all the preachers around the world today. I am sometimes poked at, mocked a little bit. I get a little grief for how serious I take the preaching um, because it's 20 or 25 minutes a week and 
Most people hear it, they go on, they kind of forget about it. So why, why do I feel the weight? Um, well, I've devoted my life to the study of and the proclamation of God's word. And why do I take it so seriously? I'm not saying I, I do it well, I'm saying I take it seriously. It's because I do not believe that anything else in all the world from the beginning of time until the end of time, that I don't believe that anything else changes the heart of a person other than the hearing, knowing, and receiving the word of God. There's executive orders, there are laws, there are statutes, there are uh, new bills up to be passed, and maybe they will, maybe they won't. Those change behavior. They don't change hearts. I believe wholeheartedly that the will of God must be known and received for a person to change from the inside out. Changing outwardly is one thing. Changing from within is another. And only the Holy Spirit of God, through the hearing of the word, knowing of the word, and receiving of the word, and receiving the grace that Jesus Christ offers, that is the only thing that changes a person. It's the only thing that changes our eternal address. Nothing else can. I can't be better. I can't do more. I can't do less. I can't, I, I, can't, I can't impress God. No one, when they face judgment, shows up and the Lord says, well, talk to me. And you go, look what I did. It never happens. The only thing we can say is, I'm here because of what you did. So I'm going to switch gears here a little bit and I'm going to move, move you to it. Now, before I do that, He's talking about preachers and false teachers, and he's coming against them hard. But you're one too. Scripture tells us that we are ambassadors for Christ's sake. And I've known an ambassador, one. Um, I didn't know him when he was an ambassador, but I swam in his pool as a kid. I jumped off the roof of his portico and into his pool. Uh, he was the, the ambassador to um, Italy under George H.W. Bush. Some of you will figure out who that was, but... Um, I did learn something about what it means to be an ambassador. And an ambassador is someone who represents the policy of whatever the country and the administration that's running the country that they represent. So if you are a, an ambassador for the United States of America in a foreign land, what you do, what you say, you are creating policy that your country and the administration must honor. So you better be aligning with and submitting yourself to the policies of that. It comes first from the big and then makes it to the small. And if you don't do that consistently, if you consistently misrepresent the policy of the, of the administration or the country, you're going to lose your job. Kind of what James is saying here. If we consistently allow our tongue to be fueled by the fire of hell, we're showing whose will we submit to. Not his, but mine. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh, fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can, can a salt spring produce fresh water. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men 
who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this, this should not be. I'm just going to ask you to look back. Just, just go back two or three weeks. You might not be saying the word curse be unto you, but there's some people you've been angry with. There's some politicians you disagree with. There's some Facebook posts that you lash out at. There's a spouse that you've snapped at. I want want to ask you to do this along with that. I want to ask you to go back in your life and remember the three most hurtful things anyone's ever said. Were they true? Were they fair? Did they bless you? No. No, those hurtful things stay. There's that old little saying that sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That means that we get to say whatever we want because it has no impact on others, but it does. It impacts things greatly. My, my fears are informed by the horrible things people have said, by the horrible things people have done. Instead of blessing, they've cursed. Instead of looking out for my interest, they look out for their own. And I know, sadly, that I've done the same to others. I can go back to high school and I still one guy that if I run into him, I'm gonna first, I might even fall to my knees and ask him to forgive me because of how I treated him. And here's the thing, we think that we're safe if we're only yelling at the TV. If we're yelling at the newscaster who's disagreeing with the politician that we agree with or we are yelling at the person uh, that the person that's on the TV agrees with and we don't and so we get mad at them, we literally rain down curses on people. We wonder why the world is so divided. It's in part because we think that if we're not face-to-face with someone, our words don't have power, but they do. Remember Jesus says, Number one, that you're an ambassador and you speak the policy of God. Number two, he says, it's not what goes in your mouth that makes you unclean. It's not about whether you eat uh, food sacrificed to idols or something like that. It's what comes out. And he also tells Peter um, in John, he says that Peter, that has not been revealed to you by man, but by God. And I give to you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Jesus himself says, if, if you forgive your brother when he sins against you, so my heavenly father will forgive you. If you don't, he won't. In our Lord's prayer, the way the Lord taught us to pray, he says, he says pray these words, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. He, he tells us to, to, another translation is, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And, or forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are in debt to us. If I forgive someone they're wrong against me, I'm blessing them instead of cursing them. Jesus says, Pray for those who persecute you and bless, do not curse. So folks, I don't like this passage. I don't like that we pick James right now. And I don't like that I have to stand in front of you and tell you that I, as one of your pastors, have not been innocent of this. I've got some thoughts about what's going on. Two of them are Christian. The rest of them are not. 
I don't like this, I don't like that, I find frustration here, I find frustration there, and I tend to, to lean in one direction. And my guess is, so do you. If our words have power when we praise God, then they have power when we curse men. And I, for one, do not want to stand in front of God and have him show me the impact my words had on another human being on the negative side. I do want him to show me the impacts, the impact the words that God gave me had on people's everlasting life. See, Donald Trump is loved by God and he's made in God's image. Gretchen Whitmer is made by God and is created in God's image and she's loved by God. Nancy Pelosi, as well as Mitch McConnell. The people on One America News, as well as the people on MSNBC. The people on Fox News, as well as the people on CBS News. Dr. Erickson from California and Dr. Fauci in Washington, D.C. Every one of them, known by, created by, and loved by God. Every one of them. You too. We just sang a song about, I don't want to abuse your grace, but I need it more and more every day. So do they. Every one of them. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing my brothers. This should not be. This should not be. So I'm gonna ask you, if we are, and I don't think we are, I don't think we can make the world, I don't speak light into darkness and make light, literal light happen. But when there's junk and I speak blessing, something changes. When I have an opportunity to go back and forth with someone and be angry and be frustrated and, be, and, and, and quick to speak and slow to listen, I have an impact. But if I stop and I go, you know what? I would not want to be that governor. I would not want to be that president. I would not want to be this person or that person because I can't imagine the weight that they're on. And I think, and I ask God to bless them, to reveal himself to them, to, <clears throat> excuse me, to counsel them, to show them what is good, right, noble, excellent, and praiseworthy. I've just had an impact and it's changed me. So bless Or curse. What does the scripture say? I hope. That I'll be a different man. I hope. That I will submit myself to the will of God. Instead of the will of a politician. A newscaster. Or my own desires. Because according to James, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's perfect 
able to keep everything in check. It tells me, and I think it's telling you, that what we say here, here, kids, here, or, or, uh, what we say here, what we say here, all of this is words. We say a lot, we're not saying anything. What we say, how we behave, tells us whose will we submit to. Jesus in the garden, Father, if you can take this cup from me, take it. But not, you, not my will, yours. James tells us, this right here, tells us whose will we're submitting to. And I don't like what it says about me, about things I've read, about things I've heard. And honestly, I think that that's why we're still in lockdown. I don't know what God's doing, but I do know he wants to sanctify his church to make her pure and holy. And James tells us that what we say and how we say it it's either set and fueled by the fire of hell or it's set and fueled by the fiery tongues of the Holy Spirit of God. So, let's be holy. Let's be kind. And let's bless and not curse. And let's pray. Lord, next time I pray for a leader that I agree with, I ask you to remind me to pray for the leader that opposes them. Not, not pray for cursing. Not, cra- not pray that I win, but pray that your will be done. Lord, what an amazing thing it would be if all the leaders, all the people that have power over us, if they all submitted to what you want in their lives and for ours. Lord, as your church, as your children, remind us today and tomorrow and every day following that everyone we come in contact with is loved by you, created by you, and bears your image. And Lord, remind us that to praise you and to curse others out of the same mouth, this should not be. Give us courage, Lord, to bite our tongues when we need to and to speak truth when we must. In Jesus' name we pray, through the power of the Spirit that lives within us, for the glory of God our Father. Amen.